No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we continue the curious case of Balaam the prophet who was hired by the king of Moab to curse Israel. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. Chapters 23 and 24 have been called the brightest chapters in the book of Numbers because of the wonderful things that are said about Israel. It is comforting to know that the way God sees his people is with so much more grace than we would ever imagine. Like a doting father holding his newborn, God sees his children through eyes of unconditional and unending love. Balak, the king of Moab, had hired a prophet and soothsayer named Balaam to curse Israel. The Lord told Balaam that he could go with Balak, but God gave Balaam strict warning not to go beyond the word of the Lord. Balaam arrived in Moab where he met King Balak. And we pick it up today in Numbers 22:41. So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal, that from there he might observe the extent of the people. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did just as Balaam had spoken. And Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height. A great contest had ensued between the enemies of Israel and the Lord. But the funny thing was that Israel had no idea that this was even going on. Likewise, what strategies has the devil devised against us to accuse and harm us, of which we are completely unaware? God is our defender and justifier, even when we don't know that we're being attacked. Balak and Balaam went to the high places of Baal. This is where the pagan sacrifices were offered. What an inappropriate place to seek the holy God of Israel. Following Balaam's advice, Balak offered the seven bulls and seven rams to entreat God's favor. Verse 4, And God met Balaam, and he said to him, I have prepared the seven altars, and I have offered on each altar a bull and a ram. Then the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he returned to him, and there he was, standing by his burnt offering, he and all the princes of Moab. Amazingly, God condescended to meet these malicious partners. He often reveals himself to unlikely people for his own glory. God would show these Gentiles who Israel was and who he was. As we've mentioned before, Balaam was somewhat of an enigma. Webster's defines enigma as something hard to understand or explain. How is it that this soothsayer, who regularly received money from people to pronounce curses, also received the legitimate words of the Lord? 
Despite his character and practices, Balaam was still a prophet. The people God chooses are often mysteries to us. Some have glaring character flaws, but God uses whomever he will. The Lord had just spoken to Balaam through the mouth of his donkey. This was a profound lesson to Balaam and to us that God can speak through anyone he chooses. So we shouldn't get a big head if God speaks through us. The Lord put his word in Balaam's mouth. That was how it worked with the prophets. Under the new covenant, God has written his word upon our hearts. And the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 1.8, The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you don't have to search high and low for God's word. He has written it upon your heart and he places it in your mouth by the Holy Spirit. Verse 7, And he took up his oracle and said, Balak the king of Moab has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come curse Jacob for me and come denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There, a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let my end be like his. From up there in the mountains... God gave Balaam a heaven's eye view. In other words, God's view of his nation of Israel. Balaam said that they were a people dwelling alone, not among the nations. In other words, they were a separated people unto God. He also said that they were innumerable, which of course was a direct fulfillment to the prophecy God gave to Abraham that his descendants would be as innumerable as the stars. And finally, he alluded to the fact that they were righteous. It certainly wasn't because of what they had done. No, they were made righteous because they believed in God, just as Abraham had believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It's interesting that Balaam said, let me die the death of the righteous. He was like so many who want to die the death of the righteous. They don't want to die as a wicked person, but they don't want to live the life of the righteous. Verse 11. Then Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and look, you have blessed them bountifully. So he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? God had warned Balaam two times, Only speak what I put in your mouth. And so Balaam said, look, I can only say what the Lord has given me to say. Then Balak said to him, please come with me to another place from which you may see them. You shall see only the outer part of them and shall not see them all. Curse them for me from there. So he brought him to the field of Zophim to the top of Pisgah and built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. And he said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offering while I meet the Lord over there. Balak 
thought that, well, if maybe he just doesn't see the whole lot of the Israelites, then maybe it will be easier for him to curse them. Or it is the way of man to manipulate circumstances and people to get what he wants. And if he could, man would manipulate God to give him what he wants. But of course, God won't be manipulated by man. And so they chose another place and brought another offering. Then the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he came to him, and there he was, standing by his burnt offering. And the princes of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, What has the Lord spoken? And then he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippar. God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt he has strength like a wild ox. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what God has done! Look, a people rises like a lioness, and lifts itself up like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours the prey, and drinks the blood of the slain. And so, in this second prophecy of Balaam, God directs it to Balak. He says, listen, Balak, I'm not a man that I should lie or the son of man that I should repent. I'm not going to change my mind, Balak, just because you present offerings on a different hill. I love that Balaam says that God has not observed iniquity in Jacob. Think about that. When God looks at his people he sees no iniquity. Now, now Israel had made some really bad mistakes over the last 40 years. And God dealt with them severely on some of those sins. And yet, as God looked at his people, he gave them a righteous standing. He saw no iniquity in them. And, and I love the fact that that's the way that God looks at us because we have the blood of Jesus Christ covering us, sheltering us, protecting us even from our own stupid mistakes. Balaam said, the Lord God is with him. Don't you love the fact that God is with us? Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? He also said that there was no sorcery against Israel. All of Balaam's divination, the things that he had always done to put curses on people, wouldn't work. Isaiah 54, 17 tells us that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. What a blessing to know that no force of the enemy, no sorcery, no curse is going to have any effect on God's children. And then he said, what God has done. See, that was the point, is that this was God's work. God delivered them out of Egypt, and God would bring them into the promised land, and God would give them victory over 
their enemies. It was God's work. And finally, he said that Israel lifted himself up like a lion and would not lie down until he devoured his prey. Now remember, the king of Moab was scared. He thought that the children of Israel were going to wipe him out, although God told Israel to leave Moab alone. But when it came to the Canaanites and the various nations that dwelt in the land of Canaan, God told them to utterly wipe them out, to be as the lion who would devour its prey. Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. So Balaam answered and said to Balak, Did I not tell you, saying all that the Lord speaks, that I must do? This was a most unusual situation for both Balak, who was used to hiring people and getting them to do what he wanted, and Balaam, who was used to just cursing the people he wanted to curse. But God would not accept the cursing against Israel. And God will not accept the cursing against you. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, God looks at you like that doting father looks at his newborn child. God sees no fault, no stain in you, because you are justified by your faith in Jesus Christ. I am convinced that when we get to the end of our lives, we will look back over our lives and see all that has been accomplished, and we will say, oh, what God has done. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow we'll conclude this story of Balaam with one of the most amazing prophecies ever given about Christ. But we'll also see Balaam giving such evil advice that he would always be remembered in infamy. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.